You're listening to the Coastal Church Audio Podcast with Pastor Dave Koop. This morning we talk about preparing for the next level. And uh, our story is one that you'll, you'll know the story because you heard it in Sunday school. It was maybe one of the first stories you heard. It's a classic David versus Goliath. And, you know, we often hear that phrase, you know, it's a typical David and Goliath situation, and people will talk about that, and, oh, you know, I'm fighting Goliath. And, but if we want to do that, if we want to take on a Goliath, there's some things that David did. And you may be facing a Goliath in your life where the odds are against you. It could be a legal case. It could be a business situation. It could be maybe you're dating this girl or you want to date this girl. It's like, man, that would be a David and Goliath. If I could get her to date me, that would be incredible incredible, or it could be the other way around. You're believing to date this guy or whatever. It's just like the odds are against me, and it's a David and Goliath situation. Well, David did some things that prepared him to go to the next level. So we're going to look at those things this morning. We used Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 uh, a couple weeks ago as well, where Joshua is going to go to another level. He's going to take the people that Moses had led out of Egypt. He's going to take them into the promised land. And God gives him a really, really strong word. You can read Joshua chapter 1 later, but he says in verse 8, he said, you know, I'm speaking to you really strong, Joshua. I'm commanding you. You you need to meditate on my word and do my word. Not just read it, but you have to do it. If If you just read it, you haven't yet clamped in. It's doing it, you've clamped into it. Read and do the Word, and then he says, you will have success, you'll make wise decisions, and you'll prosper. So you'll go to that next level if you read and do it. So this morning we're talking about David. What did he do? Well, he had to pass some tests. We'll talk about five tests that David had to pass in order to go to the next level. The first test was the discipline test. So if you have your notes, you can write in that word. You can also scan the QR code. It'll come up for you. And the first test is a discipline test. We know from the life of David that he was a pretty disciplined young man. If you remember the story of David... He was chosen from his brothers. Samuel, the prophet, shows up because Saul, the king, was failing, and God had asked Samuel to anoint the next king. And he says, go to Jesse's house and ask one of those, or choose one of those boys, and I'll show you which one. When Samuel arrives there, Jesse, David's dad, lines up seven of the brothers. And when Samuel looks at him, he thinks the oldest guy for sure is him. And God says, no, it may look that way, But man looks on the outside, I look on the inside, and his heart's not what I'm looking for. They go through all seven brothers, and then Samuel says, Jesse, do you have any other boys? You go, yeah, we got one more. He's out there keeping the sheep, but that's where he's at. They said, well, bring him over here, because we're not going to go anywhere until we see this last son of yours. And you have to remember they had a sacrifice, and after the sacrifice, it was like kind of like a barbecue, and so they're, they're going to be eating. And, uh, and, and Samuel says, we're not going to sit down and eat until this last guy shows up. Now, you've got seven older brothers. They're like any other guys. I think they're thinking, David, would you hurry up and get over here because we're hungry. We'd like to eat. And so they're waiting for David to show up. David shows up, and Samuel says, this is the one. We're going to anoint him king. And so the the favor and the anointing is on David's life. David gets called up to serve Saul and to play the harp for him, to uh, minister musically to him because he was tormented by evil spirits. And when David would play, it would subside. So he gets called to do that. So he kind of goes between the palace and the ranch. He'd go back and forth in between there, and David shifted back and forth there. And we pick up the story in 1 Samuel 
chapter 16, verse 18, where they're asking who could help Saul. And one of the young men said, I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, who plays skillfully, a valiant man, a man of war, prudent in speech and eloquent, an attractive person, and the Lord is with him. Wow, what a description. Now, when I read that, you know what it speaks to me? Discipline. Somehow, if you're going to be, if you're going to play skillfully, if you're going to play a piano skillfully, these guys that play these instruments and gals, a lot of practice went before you got up there and played the piano or the guitar. You play skillfully because you put a lot of hours practicing it. So if he played the harp skillfully, that means David did a lot of practicing. There was a lot of discipline to do that. Um, my mom and dad put me into piano lessons because they, they're all musical. And so uh, they put me into piano lessons. And, uh, oh, you know what I didn't like the most was the metrodome. <laughs> Man, I hated that thing. Tick, tick, tick. And now, if you're a musician, you probably love the Metrodome. I didn't like the Metrodome. I had an image of taking the Metrodome and putting it on a fence post and uh, greeting it with my gun. Because <laughs> that's what we did on the farm. We put something on the fence post and we'd shoot it. And I know it's not politically correct, and I'm in Vancouver. So I'm sorry. Uh, but <laughs> I had this picture of that when I played the metronome. I played the, played the piano. Uh, so after a couple of years and not getting past grade one, they said, well, maybe we should try. <laughs> Let's try putting him in, in band because there'll be other students there. So they bought me a nice new shiny trumpet, and uh, I played the trumpet, sort of. I got called out at the Fort McLeod, Alberta Legion Hall because in Fort McLeod, Mr. D was our band director, and uh, I would, and again, I just didn't have a lot of love. I just didn't get music very well, and it was not my gift set. And so Mr. D said in front of a lot of people, and uh, I'm in the back row, I'm third, fourth trumpet, whatever the last trumpet was, that's what I was. And he said, Dave Coop, we haven't asked you before, would you play middle C for us so we could warm up? I could not find middle C on my trumpet. I blew some note. I don't know what it was. And my trumpet days were kind of over because I was asked to step out of the band. So they, then they gave me a guitar, and that didn't work either. I tried, but my mom saw me playing basketball one day outside because I loved to play basketball. She said, maybe we should just put the boy in basketball. And that was much better. I, would, I was disciplined there. Uh, but, so I have a lot of respect for David because he plays an instrument skillfully, but he's also a valiant man, a man of war. He's, he must have been pretty fit. You watch, or I don't, it's on TV, anyhow, this UFC fighting. It's not uh, my first sport I want to watch, but they, they look like they're pretty aggressive, pretty trained. I think if you would have dropped David into a UFC ring, uh, you would have seen how valiant he was. So he, he, I don't know if he was doing CrossFit or what he was doing, but he was incredibly fit. Then it says he's prudent in speech. So he's maybe, I don't know how he's practicing, but he's got that going on. So he's good musician practicing. He's got music lessons as a young man. He's got an exercise program. He's doing Toastmasters. And then he's an attractive person, so he's reading GQ or GQ or whatever it is, and he's, and he's dressing fit. He's got his mustache, beard trimmed, everything. I mean, this is David, and the Lord's with him. He's got an incredible devotional life. So he's going to the next level, but the point is this. If you want to go to the next level, you have to be disciplined at the level that you're at. 
if you lack discipline, you just can't go to the next level. It's true in your piano, uh, if you're taking piano lessons, it's true in sports, it's true in just about every arena of life. There's this attitude of discipline. If you don't pass that test, you say, oh, I want to go to that next level in my schooling, my business, my spiritual walk. Discipline is a test that has to be passed to go to the next level, and David was disciplined. In, 19, in the early 1990s, uh, the Chicago Bulls were having a hard time getting past Eastern Conference Finals, and they kept running up against the Pistons, and they couldn't get past it. They wanted to go to the next level and win a championship. And during the offseason, Michael Jordan said, man, what do I have to do different? Because I am not taking this team where we need to go. And he came back the following year. They practiced from 11 o'clock to 1 o'clock every day. But Michael said, with a couple others, said, let's do something different. Let's start earlier in the morning, and let's do another workout from 8.30 to 9.30. And so they had other workouts that they would do, extra discipline, because they wanted to go to the next level, past the conference finals to a championship. And they started something called the Breakfast Club, where they got up, did extra workouts, more discipline. And, of course, you know the rest of the story. They went on to win the championship. They wanted that next level. And they became part of the Breakfast Club. And if, so if you want to go to the next level, sometimes you have to say, am I willing to do the breakfast club? Would, would I do that next level of discipline, pass that test to move to the next level? So that's the first test that we see David passing. The second test we see him passing was a faithfulness test. He was, this is one of the keys for David, because when he was uh, asked by Jesse and Samuel, where is David? They said, he's out there keeping the sheep. Uh, it's not up on the screen there, but it's in your notes. It says he was watching. Really, I like the word better, keeping the sheep. He's out there keeping the sheep. And so he kept the sheep. He, there was a faithfulness to it. And we can say, how do you keep things? How do you keep your room? How do you keep your car? How do you keep your books, financial books? You know, if you're not faithful, if you're financial accounting and little things, I mean, it's very difficult to grow further. There's that faithful keeping. How do you keep things? One time we had this, when I was with Full Gospel Businessmen, we had this great speaker come in from Japan. His name was Joseph Natsumi. And uh, Joseph was picked up in this car that my, that, that time my boss had, and uh, my I was sitting in the back seat, my boss was driving, and Joseph was in the passenger seat. And I remember sitting down the back seat, my, my boss, you know, he didn't keep his car so well. And so, Joseph sits down in the seat, and my boss says to him, ah, you have to excuse the mess, I haven't had a chance to clean up the car here. And, you know, there's some french fries in between the seat, and there's the dashboard's got a bunch of stuff on it, the windows are a little gray, because he hasn't cleaned them li- lately, and he says, excuse my car, it's a little bit messy. And Joseph was silent for about half a minute, and then you know what he said? He says, and so is your life. It was so quiet, the rest of the ride. <laughs> but his point was this, that if you're not faithful in small matters, you will not be faithful in large ones. Joseph was saying, if you can't keep your car clean, it's no wonder your company was in trouble, and the company was in trouble. He got appointed the position because he was related to the family. But he hadn't been faithful in little things. If you can't keep, David kept sheep. David kept little things, and God promoted him to big things. So if we want to go to the next level, if we're not faithful with what we have now, the way we keep it, this is a law. And you may get the promotion for some other reason, but it will not succeed. You won't get it to that next level. You won't. 
be able to thrive at that next level if we can't keep what we're entrusted with now. Look what Jesus said, unless you are faithful in small matters, small matters matter. Unless you're faithful in small matters, you won't be faithful in large ones. This is a law. If you cheat even a little, boy, that's that's not a lot of wiggle room in there, is there? If you cheat even a little, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. So, man, I want to go to the next level. I'd like to get to that next degree. I'd like to get that next promotion. I'd like to start a company. I'd like to go start a ministry. And he's saying, if you're not faithful in the little, if you cheat, you're not going to handle it. I came across a website when I was studying for this, and it's called Alibi Network. And I was really surprised. There's a whole website designated to help you cheat. Seriously. And this is what it says on their website. Alibi Network is cutting-edge, full-service, discreet agency providing alibis and excuses for absences as well as assistance with a variety of sensitive issues. We understand the delicacy of real-world personal relations and can help you solve any sensitive problems and situations resulting from them with a variety of discreet services we provide. Whether you're interested in a doctor's excuse, a note to skip work, a virtual seminar to hide your discreet affair, or need us to place a discreet phone call on your behalf, We'll support what you're looking for. And it's a legitimate service, and apparently they do a good business. And what they do, they help you cheat. Now, you can get away for a little while, but it will catch up with you, and you will not go to the next level if you don't pass the faithfulness test. So the first test, again, was what? The discipline test. The second one is faithfulness test. Okay. And by the way, Paul, at one time, 1 Timothy 1.12, a great verse, he said, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. God enables us when he sees us faithful to go to the next level. There's a grace that comes on you to go to the next level. Paul said, By the grace of God, I am what I am. It's his grace on me. But he saw faithfulness in Paul's life. There was a faithfulness in the life of David. How long did he serve sheep? How long did he have to be faithful? How long do I have to be faithful where I'm at? When will God notice? Just focus on serving God. Do it as unto Him. And when the time is right, He knows best that next level will come, and you, it'll be by His grace. And uh, don't, don't, don't get anxious. Just know that He will promote at the right time. Faithfulness. Uh, there's a s- story about the way women, women, no, no, let me back up. There's a story of the way female eagles select their male partners. And what the, and I, don't, I don't think this applies, I don't know if you could cross this over women looking for your husbands, but there may be, I don't know, you can, you can work with it. But anyhow, here's what they would do. The, the female eagle will fly up and it'll drop a twig. And any male suitor who would like to date the female eagle has to catch the twig before it falls. And so it's a little bit of aerodynamic, uh, good flying and all the rest of it. But he has to do it three times in a row. And if that male eagle can catch the twig three times, then she says, all right, you're the man. I mean, you're, you're, the, you're the eagle. And so, ladies, you may want to have figure out your own little test. But it's a test of faithfulness. She's not looking for, the, you know, the biggest eagle, the most handsome eagle. She's looking for character. And faithfulness is what she's after. Because later on, she'll push the little eaglets out of the nest, 
And if they're not flying, they're going to fall. And she wants to make sure that male eagle is able to catch that little eaglet. So she's, she's looking for faithfulness before she's choosing it. And God looks for faithfulness before He chooses us to go to the next level. So the first test, again, was a discipline test. The second one is a faithfulness test. David passed both of these. The third test is a motivational test. David is asked by his dad to take some cheese, some grain, roasted grain, trail mix, you know, today. <laughs> bring, your, bring your brother some trail mix, bring him a little bit of cheese, and we got, you know, some other snacks for him here, and, and uh, they got the munchies, they're on the field, you know, the army food isn't too good. Uh, kind of like going to the hospital. Ever been in the hospital and somebody brought you some food? You just like, hallelujah. <laughs> Especially if they bring you junk food. I, he wasn't bringing junk food, he was bringing... Isn't that weird? In the hospital, you crave French fries or milkshakes. Maybe I'm the only one, but... Uh, no. Anyhow, that was a really <laughs> random thought. David's going to his brothers, and he's bringing out this food, and he gets there, and uh, he hears Goliath challenging the armies. And he's like, well, you know, what are, what's, this, what's our army doing? Because their army, you know what the Israelites would do? They heard this like for 40 days. Goliath would come out there, hey, if you guys got somebody you think can beat me, come one-on-one. Winner takes all. He does this over and over again. And their army, if you read it closely, they would go out there and they would shout against them. They'd go, rawr, 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 shout, 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 shout. And then they retreat in fear. Every day they go, rawr, 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 shout, shout, shout. It was all shout, no action. <laughs> and you can't go to the next level if it's just shout, 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 talk, 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 but no action. David goes to the next level because he's more than talk. He's more than a shout. And sometimes you can come to church, and we can come to church, and we have a good shout in church. And we're like, yeah, yay, God, yeah, amen, but do we do it? Do we execute? It's those who hear and do. This is what uh, the army was shouting, but there wasn't much doing. There was no doing. David sees this and goes, who is this guy? Who is this guy? He defy our God. This is really bothering me. What's the king going to give somebody who takes them on? And one of the guys says, well, it's actually pretty good. You get great riches. You get his daughter's hand in marriage. And your family will never have to pay taxes. There's, oh, that's, really? So he goes and asks somebody else, what do we get if we win this? They tell him this. He actually asks three times. He really wants to get that clear. So his brother hears him talking about this, his oldest brother. And his oldest brother is really ticked off at David. Maybe he was jealous from way back when that little David got to go to the king's palace and play his harp. Maybe he was... Anyhow, there is some tension between older brother and younger brother. Maybe you have an older brother or older sister, and they kind of lord it over you. Well, this is Eliab's attitude, and we pick it up in verse 28 of 1 Samuel 17. Now, Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men, and Eliab's anger rose against David. And he said, why did you come down here? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride and insolence of your heart. He didn't just question David's actions. He questioned David's motive. It's bad enough when somebody questions what we've done. But it's even worse when somebody says, I question your motive. So this is really critical against David. And his, at this point, David's motivation is tested. Why do you want to go to the next level? 
why do you want the promotion? Why do you want to start the company? Why do you want to go in the ministry? Why do you want to get your law degree? Why do you, why do you want to go to the next level? And it's a good question. In order to make it to the next level and sustain what God has for us, we have to know we're doing it for the right reasons. Because if we're doing it out of selfish ambition, if we're doing it out of pride, if we're doing it because we want great riches or marry into the right family, or we don't want to pay taxes, we want certain privileges, we're not going to be able to live at that next level. David, very wisely, says, no, my motivation is there's a cause. This guy, this is not about me. This is, not, this is about standing up. These people are on our land. It says in the first verse of Samuel 17, verse 1, that they were in Judah. They were on their property. They were squatting there. They were defying their God, and somebody must take a stand. And so this is his cause. His motivation is right. And when we go to the next level, our motivation will be tested. All right. Uh, Time is slipping by, so let me go to the, the fourth one. By the way, what was the first test? Discipline test. The second test is? faithfulness. The third test? Motivational. Now, it's good to review these tests because guess what? You don't go the next level until you pass the test. There's something strange with God. Not strange. It's actually good. God doesn't promote you, let you go the next level until you pass the test. And sometimes you can kind of get away with it in our system where you can maybe buy your way through or they'll say, you know, I'll just pass you through so you can get you out of high school. Let's just kind of get you through the system. God doesn't do that. God will let you go around the mountain for 40 years until you pass the test. But you have to pass the test. Do we have to pass a discipline test? Yes. All discipline seems not to be joyful but painful. But those who've been trained by it, your body doesn't feel like going to the gym early in the morning. But if you're trained by it, it there's great benefit in it. So these tests we have to pass, whether it be faithfulness, whether it be discipline, whether it be motivation... To go to the next level, they, it will be tested, just like David was tested. His confidence is tested. The fourth one is a confidence test. He's presented to Saul, and Saul says, Hey, David, you got no armor. Check out my armor. Saul is taller than David. The armor doesn't fit him. David tries it on, and he says, You know what? I've never worked in this armor. Um, it looks really good. I'd be pretty impressive, but I'm not going to do it. And there's a message there. Don't trust in the flesh, trust in the spirit. Because it could have been a very fleshly decision for him to say, hey, big brother Eliab, now who's talking, huh? I got the king's armor on. How do you like it? Do you like this breastplate here, shield, sword? Yeah. All right, here I come. But that would have been his own strength. Don't fight these battles when you're going to... You may have a giant stopping you from the next level. Don't fight it in the flesh. Fight it in the spirit. It's not by power, not by might. It's by the spirit, says the Lord. If you're facing a lawsuit and somebody's coming against you, you're trying to get to the next level, fight it in the spirit. Your greatest weapon is your prayer. Amen? Get a good lawyer. Get good advice. Do the best you can with what you have, but then trust God I think David took his best shot with the slingshot. He, he didn't tempt God. He did his very best, but he knew that God would anoint him. He put his faith in God. He didn't put his faith in the flesh, in that armor. And so when Saul is approached by him, 
to fight this. Here's Saul's response. Don't be ridiculous, because David's saying, I'll take him on. There's no way you can go against this Philistine. You're only a boy, and he's been in the army since he was a boy, exclamation mark. But David persisted. I have been taking care of my father's sheep, he said. When a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after the club, and I take the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw, and I club it to death. I've done this to both lions and bears, plural. He's the real Davy Crockett. And I'll do it to this pagan Philistine too, for he's defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who saved me from the claws of the lion and the bear will save me from the Philistine. So what was he doing? He was thinking about his past victories. Your confidence will be tested. You will be criticized. People will second guess you. The king who is, you know, tests his confidence. Eliab tests his confidence. And people will say, I don't think you can do it. I don't think you have what it takes. And David is saying, you know, maybe I don't have what it takes, but my God does. You can, you can take the weakest vessel who is willing and match it up with God, and you've got a winning team. You've got enough. You just have to be willing. And David is willing. He passes a confidence test. There's a great story about the man who started China Inland Mission, Hudson Taylor. And he had a very interesting plaque on his house. And it said... Ebenezer on one side, Jehovah Jireh on the other. And he wasn't referring to Ebenezer Scrooge. It was a definite Ebenezer. In the Bible, there's a word Ebenezer, which a few chapters earlier Samuel uses. And they've had this battle, and, and it's just abbreviating the story, he sets up a rock, Ebenezer, because God confuses the enemies and they win. And Ebenezer means God has been my rock, my stone of help. He has been my help. So when Hudson Taylor put that up, Ebenezer means God has been my rock in the past. He has given me victories in the past. And then Jehovah Jireh meant God will provide. One was past looking and one was future looking. Ebenezer, Jehovah Jireh. And it gave Hudson Taylor confidence. And it gives us confidence when we say, God is my Ebenezer. He has helped me in the past. Now going forward, he will be with me. That's why David says, hey, God was with me when I took on a lion. God was with me when I took on a bear. And that shouldn't happen. I shouldn't be able to beat a lion and a bear. But I did with God's help. I'm going to take on this giant. And so for ourselves, maybe you're writing your last music exam. Conservatory music, the last exam, grade 10 or whatever it is. And you think, oh, man, I'm really nervous. I got this big recital. What would you do? You would do like David. Well, wait a minute. God is with me in my grade 9 exam. God is with me in grade 8 exam. He'll be here with me. Maybe you're going to do a big deal, and the deal's worth $10 million. And you're really sweating. Your palms are sweating. You're shaky, and you're, like, nervous. you got butterflies in your stomach. What do you do at the time? It's a confidence test. Wait a minute. God is with me when I closed a $2 million deal. God is with me when I got my first job. God was with me here. You go, the devil will not remind you about those. You may not even have your friends remind you. So you have to get alone with God. Say, wait a minute. God is with me here. God is with me there. And God's going to be with me again. He will not fail. He is my Ebenezer, and he's my Jehovah Jireh. Confidence test. David's confidence was in the Lord for sure. All right, we got to get to the last one. First of all, though, what was the first test? Discipline test. Second test? Faithfulness test. Third test? Motivational. And the fourth one was? 
confidence. We have to write these to go to the next level. The last one David writes is a test called focus, a focus test. Because now he's going to run out to battle. Goliath comes down and he trash talks David big time. I mean, he calls him names. It says that he's swearing in the name of his God about David's God. And, you know, David's kind of like Michael Jordan in this way. When they trash-talked Michael Jordan, he just played that much harder. It's actually, don't trash-talk him. You just make him mad, and he's that much better. So just don't talk to him that way. So Goliath trash-talks David, and David says, all right, you've just motivated me that much more. You just helped me to focus on you that much more. He becomes very focused on what God wants him. He's focusing on that next level. And to go to the next level, you have to focus on that Sometimes people say, well, in order to focus, block out everything else. Block out all your other thoughts. So if I said to you today, uh, you, ne- you need to focus and don't think about your shoes. Don't think about what kind of shoes you're wearing. You know what you just did? You just thought about what kind of shoes you're wearing. <laughs> because he said, don't think about that. So to focus is not so much about not thinking about those things, but rather just focusing on what you are to do. Jesus was focused on the cross. He focused on the cross. He, he's the greatest example of somebody who focused on really, you talk about going to the next level. Jesus is the ultimate example who took salvation from the Old Testament to the New Testament and took us all to a new level, which is a relationship with God the Father because he was so focused. David won because he passed the focus test. He ran to the battle. He didn't run away from it. Our Lord r- went into the Garden of Gethsemane. He went to the cross. He, he focused on what? He focused on you and I. He was thinking about our salvation. He was thinking about you in church, May 20th, 2010. He was thinking about your salvation. He was thinking about his love for you. God loved us. That was his focus. And he wanted to extend freedom from bondage, freedom from sin, freedom from the things of this world. And he wanted us to spend an eternity with him. Jesus was so focused. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you would like to download free notes from this message, then visit our website, www.coastalchurch.org. 